All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. The polls are closed, the votes have been counted, and the official news desk of Oilers Nation every day is calling the race. Leon Dreisaitl has been re-elected the mayor of Smashville. Thanks to his five-point performance on Tuesday night, let's get into it with the lead. That was literally just a replay of how we started the show on November 2nd, because that was also a Tuesday. Dreisaitl also put up five points against the Nashville Predators, and we can proudly say that he is still the mayor of Smashville also I'm wearing the same sweater as I was on that day. Um, all of it just lines up so perfectly. This is the lead brought to you by our friends at Soho down on Jasper Ave. Check them out, SohoYeg.com. You're in the area, you're driving by, you're like, hey, I need lunch today. Boom, $9 soup and sandwich special. You can't beat it. Shout out to Soho. Uh, this is Oilers Nation every day streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube and streaming from the Sports Closet Studio. Only 10, 11 days until Christmas. Don't waste any time. Hit up the sports closet, get the gifts you need for the sports fan in your life. How about Leon Drysaddle? He is no doubt the topic of the lead, although I do feel a little bit bad not giving it to Zach Hyman, who scores his first career NHL hat trick. But it's honestly just hilarious to watch Leon Drysaddle do what he does against the Nashville Predators, and they just must be absolutely sick of him. It, when he came in on that two-on-one or that sort of 
broken rush, whatever you want to call it, when he fired it far side on Kevin Lankinen. As soon as he stepped in over the blue line, it was like he's scoring this goal. He's not missing because he never misses against the Nashville Predators. Drysaddle leads the way with a five-point performance. Hyman and McDavid, ah, yeah, ho-hum, four points apiece. Tyson Berry picks up a couple of assists. There is a lot to get to with this hockey game here tonight, but I want to bring in my boy Liam. I know you were fired up. We were riding with a lot of Leon Drysaddle bets last night. I'm a rich man this morning, uh, but what did you make of Drysaddle just absolutely stomping the Predators again? It's quite funny sometimes when you just actually just sit back and watch what's happening and I quite frankly just laugh. Like when McDavid yeah. scored that goal last night, I slightly just chuckled to myself and I thought, oh, that's not even like a top 10 goal for him. Like it's just, some, sometimes these guys do this stuff and it's just, it's amazing obviously, but what Drysaddle does to the Nashville Predators is out of this world. Like 10, he has 10 points in two games against Nashville this season. Like that is just something else. Oh, man, um, it's crazy. Clay is in here with a stat that Dusty shared on his show this morning. 19.6% of Dreisaitl's points this year have come in the two games against Nashville. Yeah, he literally has 10 points against Nashville and like 40-some points against everyone else. His career numbers against the Nashville Predators are just absolutely outstanding. Um, he just... They can't stop them, and it's so much fun to watch. Uh, you are all chiming in on the Nation Network YouTube chat. Brad says, Dry is the mayor of Nashville. Hyman is the assistant to the mayor. Yeah, sure. Why not? Tyson's in. He says, what a game last night. Dry said, lighting it up as per usual. Hyman, Hattie, McDavid, Magic, Soup stood tall. What more can you ask? Yes, a lot of you are very happy for our guy, Zach Hyman, getting his first career hat trick, like we said. Uh, so let's get into, actually, no, we got this graphic. Alex, you can flash this up. Here is the breakdown of Dreisaitl versus Nashville this year and Dreisaitl against everyone else. Two games against Nashville, boom, three goals, seven assists, 10 points against everyone else. First off, it's it's pretty wild to, to see just the numbers he's putting up of 41 points against everyone else. TC says, can we play the Predators every night, please? Yeah, why not? And of course, if you watched the show yesterday, you know our guy Jay Downton was in attendance at the game. He was outside of Bridgestone Arena doing Oilers Nation every day with his mayor sash on, his Dreisaitl jersey. And here's a nice picture of our fearless leader posing next to Leon Dreisaitl during warm-ups at the game. So Jay, hope you had a good time. That hat on your head is beautiful, and I know you threw it for the Zach Hyman Hattie as well. So shout out to Jay for uh, being in attendance last night for that hockey game. Uh, the dry settle thing, like, again, what more can you even say? He just dominates the Preds. So we'll, we'll push that off to the side for now and get to our three big things from last night's hockey game brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance, your destination for commercial home and auto insurance with over 90 years of success, and they're still growing. They insure the nation truck. They can help you out as well. My guy, Bill, always there for me at Cornerstone Insurance. My first big thing, Liam, Zach Hyman, you beautiful son of a bitch. Three goals, first NHL hat trick, four points. Someone in the chat called him the greasy goal king. And isn't that fitting? Because he really is. And he's the perfect compliment. Like, I know that sometimes like the, the advanced numbers aren't great when he plays with Connor McDavid. But I still think he's the best complimentary piece for Connor McDavid because He's willing to go to those dirty areas because he refuses to be outworked. 
And anytime you sign a free agent who, you know, has an injury history, is getting closer to 30 years old, he is 30 years old now, you give him a long-term deal, you're nervous about that. But last night was a shining example of why you paid Zach Hyman $5.5 million on a seven-year contract. He was unbelievable last night, and he's consistent. This isn't a guy who's streaky. This isn't a guy who looks disinterested every second night. He comes in, game in, game out, and works his bag off. And I love it, Liam. Yeah, exactly. Like, isn't Chalmers has that saying? He's like, not everyone can be Conor McDavid, but you can work hard enough to be Zach Hyman, right? And I mean, that's kind of who he is. He's just going to work his tail off every single night. And this also works well into my like goal target for the day, Tyler. Would you like to hear about it? Okay, because it's 51. So that if you're watching yep. on the Nation Network YouTube, make sure you hammer that like button. We're looking to get to 51 likes today. Um, but explain this. So tonight, like I said, it's 51. 51, because that's how many goals Zach Hyman has scored with the Edmonton Oilers. He has oh. 13 this season. He had 27 last season, and he had 11 in the playoffs. So it's not that crazy. So we're just... We're going to no. talk about Dreisaitl probably a lot this show, rightfully so. He's the mayor of Smashville. But Zach Hyman has earned the right to be today's like goal, which is 51. And right now we're at 18 with 50 viewers. So thank you, everyone, so far. But just keep smashing it. Keep smashing that like button. Uh, I heard you before the show doing like a lot of math and you were like, okay, 11. And I was like, man, this is going to be a wildly confusing <laughs> like goal, but it wasn't that bad. So, so good work. Let's Not get to 51 bad. likes. So Liam is allowed to take his lunch break today. Uh, number two <laughs> on my three big things. What was your reaction when that first goal went in on Jack Campbell? <sighs> it was, I was disappointment i think is a good way to to put it just like what what are we kind of in store for here today but man i think everyone just kind of looked at it if you're defending him or you're against him whatever it was and it was just like oh man this again but the guy bounced back he had a good game yeah and, and that's where i'm at too like i said yesterday on oilers nation radio that i would be happy if jack campbell had a 900 save percentage All right, they won. He had a 900 save percentage. It's all good. But when that first goal goes in, first shot of the game, I don't think it hit anything. I know the broadcast duo, Louie and Jack, were like, oh, look how hard it dips. And it didn't dip because of any funny spin or because it hit anyone. It dipped because gravity. The puck wasn't shot that hard. (laughs) It just legitimately found a way through Jack Campbell. And the first thought in my head was, are you kidding me? And the second thing was, mm. this guy's going on waivers tomorrow. I was like, if that's <laughs> what we're going to get tonight from Jack Campbell and it's another bad game, he's going on waivers. And he he bounced back great. So we're not going to dwell on that poor goal. Instead, we're going to talk about the great saves that he made. He came yeah. across crease a couple of times and was fantastic. Tyler says it hit CeCe. If it hit CeCe, man, it barely grazed CeCe, and your goalie's still got to stop that one. But I'm pushing that goal aside. We are not debating the first goal of the game anymore. It's it's off to the side. But Campbell played great, Liam, and I really hope this is a yeah. building block. I don't know if I'd go as far to start him on Thursday when you take on, I believe it's the Dallas Stars? Who do you play Thursday? Oh, no, St. Louis. St. Louis on Thursday. St. Louis, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't start, start him either. I've, but you have that I think game Skinner's on the starter on. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. You, I just Skinner's the starter on this team right now, and yeah. he's like Jack Campbell needs to be played as a backup goalie right now. And take the money aside, who cares at this point? You want to play your better goalie to, to win the games, and 
Campbell, he can play on Saturday when you play the one of the worst teams in the NHL when you play the Anaheim Ducks. 100%. That's what I was going to say is Thursday, you're going to go with Skinner. Saturday, it's Campbell against a really bad hockey team in the Anaheim Ducks, and hopefully he can build on it and have back-to-back starts of over 900 because, again, that is the goal going forward for this guy. If when he starts, it's 900 or better, we cannot complain about anything that happens, which is why we're leaving that first goal alone. Um, but Jack Campbell on the year now, 4.04 goals against average, 8.75 save percentage. So here's to hoping that that save percentage can continue to creep towards the 900 mark because honestly, if he finds a way to scrape it back to 900 on the season, I'm, I'm going to be really impressed. Like he needs to put that slow start behind him. Last night was a good building block. Let's move on to number three. Actually, you know what? No, I like this one from Peter King. If you eliminate that first shot of the game, he was a 964 the rest of the way. And I like that. I think a lot of what's been going on with Jack Campbell is between the ears. And I think last night was maybe a step. And it maybe even showed him that something bad happens, move it to the side. You can be good the rest of the hockey game when you give up a bad goal. And he was lights out the remainder of the game. The third big thing. You know what? We've ripped the penalty kill a lot this year, and it went five for five last night. Hot damn. Um, mm-hmm. Nashville sucks on the power play. I get it. Sure. But still, um, I, the penalty kill going five for five is a big plus for me. Um, or was it six for six? Five for five or six for six? One of the two. Five for Either five. Either way, P- five for five. Yeah. Oh, PK was. Who knows? I don't know which one was. The graphic. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the penalty kill was perfect. Five for five, six for six. Who cares? Um, that was good. That was an encouraging sign. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the whole Campbell argument too, right? Like, it doesn't matter who you play and just have a good game. And I yeah. think that's what the PK kind of needed. Like, it's the end of the day, like, yes, I, Nashville missed that great – I can't remember who it was, but they hit the post on the power play, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like – it's nice to see them actually catch some breaks because how many times – like, Bouchard scored two own goals on the penalty kill this year. So sometimes you need to get those little breaks. And I think that's kind of since, since the Arizona game. And I get it. That game was more of like a, just kind of a, almost a throwaway game, but a bit of a confidence builder too. And I think we've seen a bit of a different team in, in some aspects of it. And the penalty kill, maybe this is their game to kind of get some mojo going again and start moving up the ladder. Captain Felton. Welcome into the chat. He says penalty kill is hopefully gaining momentum. Yes, the penalty kill gets a big thumbs up. Power play goes two for two as well. So you only get two looks with the man advantage and you bury on both of them. That is great. So special teams, big thumbs up. Jack Campbell gets a big thumbs up as well. And obviously Zach Hyman Hattrick. Those are my three big things from last night's hockey game brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Check them out, cornerstoneins.ca for more information. The other big thing that came out of last night's game, and I see a bunch of you, Talking about it in the chat already. Anaheim Ducks general manager Pat Verbeek was in attendance for the second consecutive game. He was watching the Oilers take on the Minnesota Wild. And maybe you were like, "Ah, maybe he's watching the Wild. Maybe he's doing some pre-scouting for the Oilers versus Ducks on Saturday. I can tell you emphatically that he is not doing any pre-scouting for the game on Saturday. There's more to this. Michael Russo of The Athletic says he was eating... That is, Pat Verbeek was eating with Ken Holland as well on Monday. And then he traveled to Nashville to watch the Oilers in person once again. GMs don't just do this kind of stuff for fun, Liam. Pat Verbeek wasn't sitting in his house probably somewhere on Malibu Beach or whatever going, you know what? 
I think I want to head out to Minnesota and just watch the Oilers play for funsies. That's not how this works. Haverbeek's here for a reason. And I see Sergeant Battle asking the question, does Yesa Pugliarvi take the plane home with the Ducks on Saturday? And does someone from the Ducks stay in Edmonton? I'll be honest, this is a legitimate conversation to have. This isn't making up something for the sake of clicks. This isn't just talking about something because we're we're running out of things to talk about or something like that. Pat Verbeek scouting the Oilers. Alex, put that tinfoil hat away. This is legit. I don't want to see it in my little preview window. <laughs> this is legit, Liam. And I think there's a I think this is a really intriguing fit between Pooley and the Ducks, if that is what this is about. Yeah, and I mean like you said, this isn't just something that happens every night in the NHL. Like GMs aren't just sat there thinking, oh, I'll just go to this game. Like he had to travel to get there. Like wasn't in his back door. So it's such an intriguing thing to happen. I, 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 we kind of saw something very similar. This was a while ago now, but when Alice Hemsky was traded to Ottawa, right? Like his last game for the Oilers was against Ottawa and he scored two goals it. that game. And he got on the playing booth them basically and, and left Edmonton with Ottawa. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. And I thought one thing I didn't know actually the Ducks GM was there last night. Did you find it interesting that they were trying to get Puyavi a goal last night? Because it became very obvious in the third period that he was bumped up whilst Hyman was on a hat trick to try and get a goal. What did you make of that? Do you think that kind of had anything to play with it? Like, oh, look what he can. Look what he can do with like top guys and stuff. Yeah, I think it's, I thought, I think it was interesting. Um, I don't think Jay Woodcroft coaches with that kind of stuff in mind. I think yeah. that might've just been an instance where it was like, Hey, we're winning in this hockey game. The penalty kill, having to have a penalty kill as often as you did was thrown off the lines a little bit. So Pugliarvi just worked his way up there. Um, maybe Jay Woodcroft is thinking about it from a perspective of like, Hey, Got to get this guy going a little bit. Um, but I, I do think it works out that way. You know, it, it's a happy coincidence is what I'd call it. Uh, if the Ducks were indeed interested in Pugliarvi, potential returns. Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic wrote the other day uh, that some within the Oilers would consider it a win just to get rid of Pugliarvi's $3 million cap hit. Frank Saravalli was on with Bob Stoffer yesterday on Oilers Now, and he said the Oilers at this point might need to add a sweetener just to get rid of Pugliarvi's $3 million cap. It. And I think uh, I think if, if that is the case, you hold off on it. If this was the trade, yeah. the trade deadline was tomorrow, and it was like, hey, we're trying to make a deal here. We're trying to get something done. We need to get rid of Pugliarvi's money. And all the team is offering is a fourth rounder. Sure. At that point, maybe you'd feel the squeeze a little bit and you should do it. But those reports coming out speaks to how low Pugliarvi's value is right now. And for me, at a moment when your forward group is still banged up, missing McLeod, missing Fogel, missing Evander Kane, and Pugliarvi's value is low, I think it would be a mistake to just jump and trade this guy for magic beans just to get out of his salary right now. You should wait. See if he has a couple of good months. And then if you need to salary dump him in March, you do it then. But right now, I think just salary dumping Pugliarvi would be a big mistake. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, it's not He's not doing any harm, I think is a good way to put it. Like when he's out on the ice, he's not, he's not playing terribly for this team. He just can't score at the moment. And that's his 
that's his biggest issue. But, you know, I just think having to add a sweetener to get rid of a guy where the Oilers are right now just isn't something they need to even look at at all. I think Paul Yavi, like, what was it? I think Bobby said it on the show yesterday too, right? Like he had 23 points in 29 games last year. Like people know this guy can play in the NHL. He's just in a bit of a bad spot. And I don't think it's fair just to, to the Oilers for the players just to be like, oh, well, we got to get rid of him for a third because we need the money. It's like, well, what's the plan? Like, who's coming in? You know, I guess that's my question. Like, are they wanting, to, is there somebody else on the table to replace Paul Yavi right now? Or are we just going to run the risk of having a bottom six with Hamlin, Derek Ryan, Holloway, Shaw, and whoever else they throw in there? An interesting name, and Tyler's in the chat asking about it. You were asking about it yesterday, too. I, I remember that. Uh, Max Comtois. 23 years old, pending RFA with Arbrights. This guy's five goals in 19 games this season. That would be an interesting one for a handful of reasons. Um, one, he can score, and he's proven he can score um, at different points in his career. He's played in just over 140 games with the Ducks in his career. I'm pulling, he's played 165 games with the Ducks in his career. He scored 34 goals. Back in the 2020 season, he had 16 goals in 55 games. He can score. And like Pugliarvi, he brings some size to your lineup. He's 6'2", 210 pounds, but he plays with a little bit more bite. And I think that's something that could interest Ken Holland. We know the Oilers. Frank has said this on the show. By the way, Frank Saravalli's hit on Oilers Nation every day is going to be tomorrow. Um, they want to be tougher to play against. The, the organization has identified that as a need. And I mm-hmm. think Max Comtois makes you more difficult to play against. So in that sense, I could see the Oilers wanting to do something along the lines of a Pugliarvi for Comtois swap. Would that be enough from the Ducks' perspective? I don't know. Would Anaheim want to pick? Would they throw some conditions on that? I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I, I, I've, I have a very hard time reading the value on these two players because, again, I think Pugliarvi should be more valuable than a, than a salary dump, but there are some around the league that don't view it that way. So Comtois is the name I would watch. Because I really think it's either going to be something like that where you're swapping Pugliarvi for like a bottom six piece. Because again, that's kind of what he is right now. Or you're just moving him for a draft pick. And the Ducks do have a lot of draft picks. They have three second rounders and two third rounders. But again, if this was the deadline and you're like, okay, we want to go get Max Domi and we want to go get a defenseman. Sorry, I kind of stole your thunder there with Domi. We'll get to that in a second, Liam. But if you wanted to go get Max Domi and a defenseman and you're like, we need extra pick capital and we need cap space, then swapping Pugliarvi for a second at that point would make sense. Right now, you need warm bodies. You need guys in the lineup who can contribute at the NHL level. And while Pugliarvi's not scoring, you can still trust him at five on five. And he's an NHL caliber player. And you shouldn't make a habit of trading guys when their value are low is low unless you are 100% sure that you are going to win that trade. So... I think there's smoke to this Ducks-Oilers thing. The old, my big take on it would be if you're going to move them now, needs to be a body coming back. I have a bit of a hypothetical, and this is a name that's been thrown in the chat a little bit too, and I was just looking at some of the numbers. Troy Terry. Now, obviously a very good hockey player. I think he, what, he was close to 40 goals last year, maybe about 38 or something like that. I think he has over 10 this year on a bad team. If they're like, hey, you can have Troy Terry, but we won't pull Yavi in a second. I think that's a deal I would take. 
oh yeah, you take that every day of the week. The guy almost scored 40 goals last year. The Ducks wouldn't move him. He's an American born. You don't guy. think they would He's move been- him? No, why would I, they move I've, him? I'm just trying to think of like where the Ducks are right now. So there was all those stats flying around last night, and they got thumped by Toronto. They have one regular regulation win this season, right? They're they're really bad, and yep. I think they're going to be really bad for a long time. So I just think it's an interesting player because of the fact that like, when are they going to be good? Four years from now, when he's 24? Uh, sorry, 29. Like, and now you've got to sign him at the end of the season. Like, I wonder if there's a way the Oilers could almost manipulate a little bit that you get him out of there because it's like, well, why would we want him? And I know there's the argument of like, oh, well, Paul Yarvi's 24 and in four years he's going to be that. But there's also a pretty good chance they won't have any relationship with Paul Yarvi and he's just a free agent at the end of the season. Do you kind of get what I'm trying to say? I think if you want to get a 25-year-old who has scored four or has almost scored 40 goals and is on pace to score, what, 30 this year, I think you need to give up a whole heck of a lot more than one first-round pick. And I just don't... Maybe you I, do. I, Maybe the you Ducks do. Won't move I don't, them. The Ducks won't move them. There's no way. I don't know. I think it's an, I think it's an interesting person to kind of throw out there. Like, low salary... Like, I'm just trying to think. Like, maybe you have to give... I would give probably a first for Empoyavi and Lavoie, maybe. Maybe that's it. Wouldn't even be close. Man, I'm telling you, they... He's legit. <laughs> like, this guy This guy would have been in the conversation to be on the U.S. Olympic team last year. It, it would take so much. Um, another name that actually someone's thrown in the chat that I think is a interesting target would be a guy like Max Jones. Uh, six foot three. He's yeah. a centerman. He shoots left, so he's not a perfect fit because you'd like to have a right shot. Um, but he he would bring some toughness. I don't know if I love that as a straight-up Pugliarvi swap because I think you're losing a little bit too much skill there. But Max Jones, sorry, he is a left-wing, right-wing. Um, yeah. 1.3 million under contract for next season. If you were to view him as a guy who's like, okay, he's not going to give us a lot of offense, but he's going to make us harder to play against. So we like that. He'd save us $1.7 million this year against the cap, and he would be a cheap bottom six player for next year. He's 24 years old, so rel- realistic to expect. You know, there could be some upside to this guy's game. The lack of offense really would concern me with Jones. He only has 19 career goals, and he's basically, he's played the equivalent of two full seasons with the Anaheim Ducks. His best year was in 1920 when he scored eight goals in 59 games, only at 12 points. I would like to see them aim higher than Jones, which is why I bring up Maxime Comtois, who is a year younger and has a better history of scoring. Um, but, you know, Max Jones is a guy who, if Pugliarvi's value really is as low as we're hearing it is, maybe Max Jones is an interesting uh, interesting target there. Kirby's in the chat. He says Connor Brown. Connor Brown is out for the season, so no. Um Ski Bum says, Coach's Corner with Frank Saravalli. I might actually steal that one for tomorrow. I think that's funny. <laughs> uh, someone threw in, while we're just on the topic of this Ducks one, sorry, Liam, uh, John Klingberg. And they said, do you move kind of a package of Barry and Pugliarvi and get Klingberg? The issue with Klingberg is his no trade clause is in effect until January 1, and then it turns into a 10-team no trade list. So Klingberg has to agree to come here. Okay, that's... One big wrinkle. 
Two, he's making seven million bucks. So again, the Ducks would have to take back Tyson Berry. Also, he's a right shot D man. So the Oilers would have to move a right shot D. So I get the theory behind the behind saying, oh yeah, Pulley and Berry, the money works. You open up a spot on the right side. The Oilers have had interest in uh, John Klingberg in the past. They tried to get him this summer before he signed the one year deal in Anaheim. I get it. I think right now it's not super realistic. And I think his value might honestly be higher than Pugliarvi and Barry. It's probably a situation where the Ducks and Klingberg struggled a little bit. I get it. But the Ducks probably want to get a first round pick for that guy. And I don't see them valuing Tyson Barry very much. Again, you, you said, Liam, they're a rebuilding team. They're a long ways away from contending. So why would they mm. feel like Barry's a good asset? So I, I see why that got thrown out as a potential option, but I think you have to include futures in that deal. And honestly, at this point, Pugliarvi's value is low. Barry's not a future. You would have to consider throwing in first rounders or high-end prospects to get that done. And I'm not sure if the Oilers need to do that. The interesting thing about Anaheim, I guess to close out on this conversation, is almost how they just have no good contracts to really move. Like the play, like a lot of their guys are just not on very good deals. Like I know we've mentioned, like Comtois, Terry, and Jones are all good, but then like on the blue line, like who wants Kevin Shattenkirk? Uh, almost four million. I guess you can like retain a lot of it, but I just see yeah. they're just in a bad spot almost to like actually try and get guys out too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'd be looking more at their forward group and going like, boy, yeah, you want to yeah. try to get assets? Like no one's touching the extra years on Henrik or Silverberg. On the blue line, I think Shattenkirk retained at 50% would, would get you a pretty nice return. I think Dmitry Kulikov, if you were willing to keep half of that, would sure. also get you a pretty solid return. Um, and then obviously there's John Klingberg. So they could probably get, you know, if you look at those three assets as kind of A, B, and C in terms of value, a first, a second, and a third for moving those guys out. Um, but I don't know what their approach is going to be. They'll be an interesting team to watch. You know what the great part is? Oilers haven't played them yet this year, and hopefully the Ducks start selling off and look real bad by the time they play the Oilers. I know they play Saturday, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about later in the year. What number is Troy Terry? Dude, you got to drop this. Like that is That's what, like me saying they should go get Cole Caulfield. But no, it's so different. It's so different. It's not. It is different. I understand I it would take a lot, but I don't think he's gonna. I just don't. I don't know. My argument's hard to explain, but I could. I could see him moving him. I really could. Like if you're Tampa 19? Bay, do we don't have a nineteen? That could work. That's yeah. I'm that's what's standing in the way. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like what Tampa Bay did a couple of years ago. I know we're in like a different spot where they were just like trying to find value contracts from bad teams like they got uh they're obviously a bit different but like Goudreau and uh who was the other guy Blake Coleman Coleman and like, Hagel and yeah and Hagel so I think teams are willing to move these guys and I don't think Anaheim's like sitting there thinking oh like, Troy Terry is untouchable like I think they're untouchables are probably the younger guys right I think that's my argument is you got a value contract there Someone could probably give you two, like my first hypothetical is probably very wrong to be fair. But if someone's like, we'll give you two first round picks for Troy Terry on this and that, I just don't see them saying no. So if you use like Brandon Hagel as the comparison, Brandon Hagel there hasn't come close to scoring 40 goals in his career. Troy Terry has, and he cost yep. you a first, a third, 
and Radish and Kachuk. That's a big haul, man. Like, they got four assets for him. I just, I don't know. I'm in. I'll know. do it. I'll I know. I know you're in. I'm I'm <laughs> in, too. I'm just, it's not realistic. Uh, okay, let's talk about, you know, the, you're, you set me up for a nice segue, so I'll give you that. You are doing a new Nation Thoughts article, and uh, what's the question this week for your Nation Thoughts? And people, if you want to chime in, you can head over uh, to Liam's Twitter, at Liam Horbin. Yeah, so the question was, is obviously we talk a lot about Kane, Taves, Chikrin, even Klingberg. We've spoken about them on the show already. I wanted to kind of know who were some of the other depth pieces, I suppose, the others could really go after. Mine was Max Domi. I think just his contract would really work well. At 50%, it'd be 1.5. And, you know, some people in the chat were already talking about how, like, they don't need to, um, sorry, in my Twitter, was already talking about how we don't need to add another forwards, like, I don't think it's a bad thing to add another forward to this group. Um, other names on the list, I'll read them off here quickly. A lot of people calling for Luke Shen, which was interesting, I think. And I, I get it. I get the Luke Shen one. Uh, Max Comtois was on there. Uh, someone even suggested Bo Horvat. That would be a tough one to even get close to. Uh, Lars Eller was one name in there. And this, uh, I'll give you another one, then we can talk about it a bit. Was... Vladislav Gavrikov, and I know that name's been thrown out there a lot, a lot on Oilers Nation Radio too. So, yeah, a lot of interesting names, and I, I just feel like that's where the Oilers are going to be fishing more than the big names. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't totally disagree with you on that. I think this is a team where you're so set with high end skill, right? McDavid, Drysaddle, Kane, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins having the year that he is. I don't think you need to go out there and get another star scoring winger that, that's just if you gave me the choice between one Bo Horvat or getting two or three pieces that are going to help around this roster I take the quantity over the quality in that instance I love the idea of Lars Eller Tyler is in and says Nick Jensen in the chat maybe there's a chance for you to go to Washington do a little one-stop shopping Lars Eller makes you tougher to play against in your bottom six and Nick Jensen's going to make you better defensively from the blue line out. So I think that is a really intriguing fit. Um, and Washington, they need to stay out of the race. But as of right now, they are out of the race. So I think Lars Eller, Nick Jensen, those are two guys I'd have a lot of interest in. I saw someone commented Max Comtois on your tweet. I think that's a really interesting idea. Obviously, Vlad Gavrikov is a name I'd go after. But there are reports that Gavrikov is going to cost you a first-round pick. So, you know. Yeah. Again, like I, you're I talking about on, staying away from the big names and, and Gavrikov, as of right now, I'd have him in that category as a big name. So I guess the, another part of this question is if someone like Gavrikov or whoever it may be is going to cost you a first round pick, is it almost not worth going after the top guys? And I, I guess, right? Like if those guys are going to just have as much value to add, like maybe it's just worth going after a, a Kane or a Taves or Chick Green Klingberg, whoever it may be, because they're, they're guys who are going to have a legit positive impact every single night on your team where a guy like Max Domi, you might have a couple off nights or you might never show up, right? Like you kind of know what you're going to get with the higher end guys. Yeah. I, I like Jonathan Taves still, you know, it, it might cost you a first round pick at this point and probably an extra asset to make sure the money all works. But I think Taves is a really good fit. Um, I think the veteran leadership side of that is really intriguing I'm not against going after a big name. I just think that you made a good point that there is something to be said about just checking down a little bit. 
Like what's what's better, a first round pick that only gets you Vlad Gavrikov or a first round pick that gets you both Nick Jensen and Lars Eller and that help lets you make the money work in that process, right? Like in which one of those two scenarios are you a more complete team that's ready for a deep playoff run? And I would argue it's probably the one where you get two pieces. Yeah, and it's interesting you say like the money stuff too. Like I wonder if that's why I think the the Puyavi stuff of Anaheim is so interesting because the Oilers, whatever they do, if they want to make a move, they have to move out money to get a guy, right? So is, is yeah. this your move right now coming up? If it's on Saturday, like, is that it? Like, is that the move they make? Like, it's going to be so difficult just for Ken Holland to really make anything work unless the unfortunate happens and we get more injuries, which gives us more salary cap space. Yeah. Uh, Daniel says, Ivan Provorov. And I mean, that would be definitely in the category of like a big swing for a handful of reasons. Mm -hmm. One, Gavrikov is young, or sorry, Provorov that is, is young, 25 years old. He signed 6.75 million for two more seasons. This is a guy who projects to be a legit top pairing D-man for a long time. Making that money work would be very difficult. So that's a big part of it. He's a left D, so he'd fit perfectly. I would go, like, if the acquisition cost was the same, i take Provorov over Chikrin. Apparently, the Flyers yeah. have looked into or had conversations about moving Provorov. So that's a name, like, if you want to make a big swing, maybe you go for a guy with term like that um, and go after a guy like Ivan Provorov. Yeah, I mean, if Ivan Provorov is available and he's within the price that you can afford, then I think you've got to take the swing at it. I just, Ken Holland seems like a, a very safe GM, I guess you could say. But saying that, he did go out and get a Van Kane last summer, uh, mid-season, sorry. So, a lot different. Yeah, he did. And and that was, but that even that in, in that moment was safe, right? Because it was 2.2 million bucks yeah. against the cap and the upside there was huge. And I mean, his best trade, and I know Low Tide wrote about this today, but his best trade as GM of the Oilers is probably the Kulak deal. Everything considered there. Um, you know, he helped you in the playoff run. He was the Tyson Berry whisperer throughout the playoffs. And then you signed him to a great contract as well. And it only cost you a second round pick and William Lagason, who's playing in Europe now. Um, so I think that's almost where he's best is when he's not making those big, big swings and he's just working around the edges. So maybe it's a sense of play to your strengths, Kenny Holland. Um, Liam, we did hit our light goal. We are now up to 60. We also peaked over 100 on YouTube. So it's been a good show. Shout out to everyone on the Nation Network YouTube watching along. Uh, if you have a couple questions before we wrap up the show today, feel free to drop them in the chat. Tomorrow's going to be another short for giant game day edition of the show. Some love to our friends at Sherwood Ford. Their mobile service department is fantastic. And actually, if you go in the description of this show in the YouTube, on the YouTube, you can find a link to find out more about their mobile service department. Shout out to Sherwood Ford the Giant. We'll have a game day show tomorrow. Uh, TC says, if St. Louis continues to drop and they sell at the deadline, what are the chances that Colton Pareko would be even remotely available? Local product. I love that angle. But I'm going to rain on your parade a little bit here. They signed him to a long, long, long-term deal. This is a guy that's 29 years old. He signed for the next six seasons at six and a half million bucks. You're not squeezing that in if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Um, 
It's just a little bit too much money. And I think the blues are kind of committed to him. They have a lot of expensive pieces on the blue line. I don't think they're going to be able to trade any of them. If we're talking about the blues as a team that you could maybe look at, I would be obviously intrigued at getting a chance to see Ryan O'Reilly in an Oilers jersey. Seven and a half million bucks. They keep half because it's the deadline. You move Pugliarvi. You've pretty much made the money work at that point. So, um, yeah. There's not a lot, though. St. Louis is in a weird spot. They don't have a lot of good trade assets. I feel like they're a team that actually doesn't want to blow it up right now. Like they have so many guys who can still like still playing at such a high level and young guys too, like Jordan Cairo. Thomas is still yeah. really young, right? Like I don't think they're really wanting to get rid of anyone. <laughs> uh, Tyler says Armstrong does usually sell when his uh, when his players get old. Yeah, he he's done that before. If you think back to the deadlines where they sold off Paul Stastny, even though they weren't totally out of it, the year they traded Kevin Shattenkirk for a first round pick, and the next year they were up in the playoffs. Um, Tom is in with another target, Gustav Nyquist. Holland has history with him. Nyquist is interesting. He's playing on the Blue Jackets' top line right now. He He's a streaky scorer, but he can give you offense. Five and a half million bucks. Don't love that price tag, but you retain him down to 2.75. Maybe that's a guy you look at, but he'd be pretty low on my list. Like I'd rather go after a guy like Tyson Berry, who gives you a little bit more bite. Nathan says the clean cost and deal. Is looking pretty good right now. Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah, it is. I'm excited to see Clem Costin go up against his former team. We'll talk about that move a little bit more tomorrow when we preview the Oilers and the Blues game. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Liam, let's uh, let's get to our bets for today, courtesy of our friends at Betway 19 plus. As always, please play responsibly. Last night, we had a good night. We had a good night. Dry sidle two yep, plus points. Oilers find a way to win as well. Uh, Zach Hyman hit his shot prop as well. If you were riding on that tonight, just three games in the NHL. What do you like? Yeah, so with the first one, I, I thought I'd keep it local so people could actually watch if they chose to. So <laughs> Calgary versus the Vancouver Canucks. Bo Horvat shot prop. Hitting it pretty consistently. Another man that's hitting his shot prop consistently, Matt Zuccarello. And they play the Detroit Red Wings. So I'm just going with both of them over two and a half shots. Conveniently, they're both minus 134. 
So there you go. Like like you said, like not a lot going on in the NHL tonight. Three games. Eight. So yeah, quiet slate. I I love that Zuccarello bet. That's going to be, uh, I'm riding with you on that one for sure. I'm also, I'm taking the Flames to win that game. Spencer Martin mm. against Jacob Markstrom. Markstrom's starting to turn it around. Four of his yep. last five games, he's allowed two or less goals. I like taking the Flames on the puck line tonight and the Matt Zuccarello shot prop. Good stuff. There you go. We'll keep the streak alive. Had a good week so far. Yeah. I think we're four. I think we're perfect. I'm trying to think what we did Monday, but I'm pretty sure we're perfect so far this week. Uh, let's get to uh, the wrap for today's show. Great work, everybody, on YouTube today. Um, lots of likes. Hit our like goal again. We're riding a heater of hitting our like goal, Liam. Maybe we should get a little bit more aggressive. Oh, yeah. Maybe tomorrow we should try push it into the 70s. Frank Saravalli's on the show. Hmm? Not bad. Mm. We could, I could figure some, out, some math out to get it up to 70. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap up today's edition of Oilers Nation every day live from the Sports Closet studio, sportscloset.ca. If you have a sports fan in your life and you're like, ah, I, I never know what to buy them. Sports Closet has gift cards. Let them go pick out what they want. St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall as well. Shout out to Soho down on Jasper Ave, Cornerstone Insurance, and Sherwood Ford the Giant. Also, our friends at Betway. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, Noon Mountain. We'll get set for Oilers and Blues. Chat with you then. 